Hi guys and welcome back to another podcast episode. Welcome to the Life Chronicles of Miss Tahir. And here we are for chapter two of this book is called Love is Not Enough. So without further ado, I want to go ahead and get into it. In this journey, she starts in this journey through adolescence and adulthood. Most of most of us naturally seek out intimate relationships, high love, trust, and familiar familiarity. Sorry, I got tongue tied. Comes from knowing someone well. It is often a prerequisite for good sex. It is not necessarily sufficient in and of itself. In addition to technique, many aspects of relationships affect the sexual interaction. Um, this I didn't need. I didn't think that it need to be paraphrased. A lot of the stuff that I read, I try to paraphrase it and shorten it into little sentences and try to um, make it simpler. Uh, I feel like it was some, an important factor that you need to know. So, when a relationship doesn't meet our standards, we oftentimes are so much more willing to end it and seek out another something that satisfies us instead of staying and enduring a relationship that could be worth something. This happens. So many times, I can imagine just because a person is bored or they don't satisfy you, they really don't take the time to get to know you either, nor do you do they want the bothersome thought of having to think about you. The only exclusion to this is abusive relationships, of course, because there's that uh, force in between and... um. You know, the secrets. Uh, you know, I'm trying to say those who understand. So, um, in the beginning stages of the relationship is where the bond is built. And that's where people kind of throw in additional feelings. In my opinion, that's where... The most warning flags are thrown up, but most people don't pay attention because they are in the lovey-dovey phase. Sometimes warning signs can be good. Sometimes it can be very bad. Sometimes we can dismiss them because of our own securities and challenges and try to say, you know, we love that person, et cetera, et cetera. So let me pause right here. If you are new here, thank you for tuning in. We are reading for each other by Lonnie B. The description is in the show notes where you can click my link and go to the Koji webs and go to my A Queen's Passion, A Queen's Passion uh, website um, in my link in my bio as well. You can reach out on social media and follow me because I will be doing some more interactive things um, on social media and uh, going live a little bit more and 
stepping out of fear so to speak so um this book is challenging it's basically about sex and to get to know uh, your partner it helps you to have better orgasms and better sex um to me it's just about the learning process that's the part that i liked and that's the part of this book i normally i need usually do an intro but i'm kind of rushed at this moment and i'm trying to get this all in and um also uh make sure everything is going on time and accurate and everything and i try to talk a little bit during this podcast but i don't want to talk too much because i want to take away from the book so on a separate episode i also do uh what are my thoughts in the process and i go back over the notes and i basically talk about what my thoughts was um i also do pop-ups of where i just um get inspired to talk uh, about certain things or other things the last one about was about my ex that was the day before yesterday that kind of left me on um the edge so if you're listening i encourage you to go back but this is chapter two so i'm going to continue with this this chapter mentions also mentions that several different power struggles that i'm not going to go too deep into but I will mention some notes that I took. The power struggles are issues that are in intimate relationships and they are problems that come up after the romantic image fade. That's after the lovey-dovey phase, you know, the where you start seeing people's true colors and like I said some before, some people we ignore them, some people we see them head on when we leave. Some people we we settle and we're like, well, this is the best we get. So some of them are listed as positive and negative power, which is a forceful power. Another one is a power and money, power and sex, power and individual differences, power and commitment, and so on. Um, like I said, I'm trying to push for time. I don't want to sit here. I want you to sit here and listen to me continue about this book for hours. But if you are new here, I thank you for joining in. Please subscribe for more. If you are watching, please like, share, and comment and send this episode to someone who you think needs it. At this point, I'm trying to get monetized so I can profit. And continue to do more books, whether they be by request or naturally pick um, more about sex and other topics and healing and of body and mind. And um, that's why I picked this book. Like I said, I believe it is a great book for the mental block abilities, those who feel stuck in a relationship, not, not in a physical sense, like they're not moving, but in an actual sense that their mind just plays tricks on them so to speak like they can't have um sex great sex they can't focus on their partner they can't even heal properly so yes um i am very open-minded about certain subjects 
I welcome you. So I hope you stay and join the family. So let's get back to the book. And again, it's called For Each Other by Lee B. And again, the show notes are listed in the link if you just visit my website. I've said that before. So, Force of Power, which in needs and wants and desires are started to ask for an extreme demanding withholding power consists of not expressing feelings or holding back love or nurturing when withholding um when when withholding power is sorry y'all I messed up on the some of these notes I'm trying to Fix it, but I'll still go along with it. When uh, both powers meet positions that often polarize the forceful person, dislikes whether the other withholds that sense of being forceful power. This book mentions that there is power. And earning money, of course, many say that money is the root of all evil and you have to have some currency at whatever rate to survive with this one. Who's the breadwinner? Whoever is the breadwinner in a relationship often times trump the lesser one, the one that doesn't make as much money. Sometimes their balance, especially nowadays, you find more couples who have found that balance so where... I do this, you do that, and they don't overburden each each other, if that makes sense. And this is solely my opinion. But a lot of times, the, I won't say, I'm trying to do my words straight. The one with the most money is demanding and controlling. And making the other feel lesser sometimes. Um, sometimes it's not even about that. It's about the love um, in the relationship um, or the attention. The, the one that has uh, making all the money usually want when they come home. They want their feet rubbed. They want the house clean. They want this and that. They have demands. And it's not always... They don't really think about the other party. They just, you know, a lot of times they're like, me, 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 I want, I want. Instead of just um, being more understanding of both sides. But that's not always the case. Like I said, most times it's, it's causing a problem in the relationship and taking the love phase away, the lovey-dovey phase. Uh, withholding power which consists of not expressing feelings or holding back love or nurturing when there is no give and take in the relationship resentment may build 
goes on to talk about when force women withholding power is met one over the other powers. It causes like a, a friction, a, I don't want this type of love. So misunderstandings and anger can arise as a result of these differences. With this happening is can be seen as disregarding to one's feelings. This is where the role playing and comfortableness about certain aspects come to play. Such as being from different culture and different ethnic backgrounds that sometimes come to play a lot of times it can get in the way because two people were raised to you know um a different way the one was raised that a man should do this or uh, a woman should do this and the other one was not raised to it that way they were more free open um, so to speak so that can cause friction in a relationship if communication of course is not key is not involved communication is key a perfect example would be is if a firm male character comes into the relationship and instead of placing compromise and saying we can work together so to speak that person might mention something like i grew up where my mother did all the cleaning so i expect you to clean and cook and do all this and that in his eyes you're doing what he believes is right which is what i just mentioned i'm just reading off of my notes and paraphrasing as well but he don't feel like he's doing anything wrong because that's how he was raised so on the opposite side, the counterpart may have been raised in a more relaxed environment where both parents, they dance, uh, they help each other, or a single mom type of uh, codependency relationship where a partnership where there is more less likely that the mother raised them not to back down that's where two don't agree of course conflict happens in the love phase ends and there's many different reasons why the love phase ends um she brings up some really good points on certain things but like i said i'm trying to rush this and not take too long i feel like the last chapter was far too long so my next point is certainly my opinion and it does go with this book, but in my opinion, there is too many people serving the thought of their parents and religion, and that they are so willing, they are not so willing to serve their partner and come back to compromise. Now, I'm going to talk about the certain instance of the fact that I am a Christian and what it means and how a husband and a wife should treat each other in Ephesians. I'm going to talk about that tomorrow. So please come back to hear my thoughts on chapter 2. And um, everything. 
And there is another. Um, point of view, I'll say that I had to copy straight from the book, and it's just because I feel like it's true. Or some couples winning at a point today becomes more important than happen having their needs met. Um, and what that means is, um, they can't compromise. They have to be right. They because their parents raised them a certain way, and mama can't be wrong, daddy can't be wrong. Their life is nothing wrong with their life. They they were perfect, so they don't want to compromise in a relationship. They don't want to talk about things. They're just like my way goes and is settled. And I feel like it's not right in some instances. You know, some people they adapt. Um, they. They compromise and they, they take over positions and do things. But everybody is different. So it's like I said, it's just my personal opinion on that. So for some couples, um, however, if two people are satisfied with their life, they must aim at solutions in which both are winners rather than outcomes where one wins and the other loses. The power struggle that often occurs in the bedroom is when two different partners are committed to the relationship in a different way. She goes on to mention a story where a couple have two different thoughts on a relationship, the ladies in the, the lady enters the relationship with hopes that she will one day get married. The guy was upfront about how he didn't want to be married, and so he kept insisting until he told her that she can leave. She hid her feelings because of fear it settled and it affected their relationship. One thing that I've noticed in this book. Is that there are many factors to a person not wanting to have sex. It can be mental, where others are attacked by their character or such. And, or they have low self-esteem, so they may think they don't deserve to be pleasured. I, it, it can also be um, a medical reason because of, medical um you know medication it can be because they feel like they're not getting enough love in the relationship or sometimes even from themselves it could be because of premarital affairs where everyone points fingers at everything and everybody loses but the real problem you know it Everybody's too busy, like, he did this and she did that, but nobody's paying attention to the solution, and that's why I said there's no compromise in the relationship. It's really amazing how we can easily get disconnected from having great sex or good enough 
because of the problems that arise, which is completely true. We we will let our feelings get in the way of our, our emotions, rather, because we have to be right. We can't be wrong and just be happy. Um, sometimes we'll let our emotions go over love, and that affects it sometimes. Hopefully this is making sense. We're going to partially way through. So please stay tuned. Stay connected. I hope you are liking this. And don't forget to like, comment, and subscribe. So people who feel extremely vulnerable or who have been hurt by a partner in the past may protect themselves by holding back uh, emotionally and sexually and then of course the distance comes she mentions that negotiating time apart and time together is a part of the power struggle This one is something that I can relate to, having your needs met by others, other than that person with, with, uh, you're with can lead to jealousy and conflict because that person feels eventually that the other person is filling the void and the feel less than. Another opposition could be for couples to distance themselves in order to become too involved, dependent, or vulnerable. And a partner reacting to their distance, feeling their lack of involvement, loses interest. Another factor stemming from jealousy aspect, so to speak, leads where both partners tenaciously guard their hearts. Like I said, not letting their guard down. Um, becoming less willing to compromise or even think about the other person. They call themselves thinking about the other person because they may do stuff for that other person, but they're not really thinking about their feelings. They're not compromising in the way that, they, like I said, they would be willing to be wrong just for love. Nobody's willing to fight for love these days where... Okay, you're right, I'm wrong, even if, you know, that person is right, or, you know, vice versa. These factors that it mentions could possibly affect sex. It definitely brings up barriers in your heart. Once this happened, the bond could quite possibly disappear because of these Note the difference in imbalances most people find maintaining a solid, intimate, and satisfying relationship as a struggle. Feelings of impersonal insecurity on the part of either or both partners can have a really, really bad effect in a couple's sexual relationship. If people don't have feel good about themselves, they are likely to assume that others also see them as inadequate. 
And once you can slide the feelings of inadequacy um, into the relationship, it may be unfounded and that can cause a person to uh, relate to a partner in destructive ways, if that makes sense. If you have negative feelings about yourself, you may tend to compensate by being overly good-natured and accommodating and being so helpful. Um, like giving yourself out, so to speak. If you are overly critical, you may be compensating for feeling inadequate by setting yourself above others. Another possibility that could be in the mix. Your heart behavior can ultimately drive your partner away. Let me say that again. Hard or harsh behavior can ultimately drive your partner away. Just because your sternum was raised a certain way doesn't mean everybody else has to be that way. Everybody has boundaries set. And if you come at an abused person or somebody who's been in an abused relationship harshly, uh, I talked about that on my previous podcast where this pastor, Tim Ross, and his wife went into depth about um, certain things. I'm not going to bring the subject up, but basically they had to learn how to balance because he was from a house that was loud and like, you know, talk back sort of thing. And his wife wasn't. And when he talked that way, it made his wife feel unfamiliar, uncomfortable. So he had to learn to balance so they can live together, grow together, etc. So if you keep resting a person in a relationship, Guys, that is terrible. If you keep resisting a person in a relationship, that's what I'm supposed to say. Um, all bets are gonna be off. Um, and the the relationship may end in disagreement or argument. Um. Conflict of interest, so to speak. So, um, people who are insecure and inadequate often get into the wrong or right battles. This one, I just had to take a breath on because... It's a doozy. Um, a lot of times when you're insecure, you don't look at the relationship. That's why people say heal first. Um, sometimes you have no chance. Sometimes love come, comes to you before you even have a chance. But there are also mistakes in people that you shouldn't get with. And people of your past, you know, come back in so many different instances. 
and that there are traps set everywhere. You, you, you really have to heal first, especially if you're um, in an insecure person. You have to take the time out for yourself and know those struggles because once you bring your insecurity into the relationship, that's a whole different thing. That's a whole different subject. And it can make a secure relationship insecure really quickly. Many different ways, sexually, financially, so many different ways. You can be secure in your bank account, but not secure in your mind, in your body, in your thoughts. And you can accuse that person of cheating. And it can make a person either leave you or go cheat. There's two different people, two different type of people, and that not and not to say that birth were right or wrong, but I'm just saying nowadays people once they're accused they either leave, which is more than likely what they'll do, and some will cheat and leave, or some will cheat and stay for no apparent reason, which I don't agree with, but. That's just my opinion. So when one person wins the argument, the other loses. It will, it will, of course, be an inevitable loss. The lover will almost always consciously or unconsciously try to even score sometimes by losing interest in sex which is unfortunate oftentimes we sabotage ourselves by not asking for what we want or by denying our pain it's interesting that when a demanding partner's needs are met he or she becomes a less demanding Demand by most people are pleas for attention and affection. I'll say that again. Demands are by most people are pleas for attention and affection. Meaning there's something going on there that they, they want more of your time. They want more of your, um, whatever your love language is or their love language is. They want more, more gifts, more time, more affection, more patience, more love. They want to see you more. Um, yeah, I'll touch on that subject a little bit later as well. Communication is key, especially during sex. If you're having something done to you that you don't like, it can cause you to lose interest in sex. However, you, whether it's you or your spouse, somebody's going to lose interest in sex if y'all are not openly communicating like, hey, I like this, hey, I want this, etc. Human nature is such... That our true desires and needs will always 
have to find expressions. So instead of making these statements verbal, we may do it through sex. By, by not sexually responding or being interested in certain things that basically we lose interest on the what I'm trying to say we, we, we draw back from where we usually should be drawing forward as both as both partners both partners venting trying to realize that they will get what they need from the relationship you know making sure that their needs are met in the long run and can start to relax there is a realization that fighting to be right doesn't work nor does trying to force a partner to be different so you can't just sit there and be one-sided in a situation or a story and say hey well, well my ex cheated on me and I know the situation looks exactly similar. You can't do that because then you're 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 putting the blame of your ex on your your current person, and that may not all the time be true. Um, in some instances, the guy or girl may look away and watch others, um, and have you be disrespectful or whatever. But you can't always blame them because you don't know what they're going through or what is the reason for it. Um, they could be panicky. They could be flirtatious. That's a possibility. Um, they could be still dealing with some things and getting over some past hurts and they don't know even after the fact sometimes that you tell them that they're hurting that 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 doesn't feel good I know in a way that I felt um when I was with men and they were looking at other individuals it's like dang I, you know I felt like I couldn't even have a conversation without you looking at another woman that's that's disrespect to me because if we are in a conversation, I want you to be focused on me, not looking at every woman's butt that passed by or breast or whatever just because they have it out. If you with me, we don't have a conversation. You looking at me, you focus on me, you know, but it's not always perfect. And I have settled. And when I settled, I didn't speak on that. And I didn't talk about my feelings. So... Um, and I don't think that it would have mattered with that person. Maybe, maybe not because that person did stuff to me intentionally. Um, without regrets. So, yeah. It's essential to recognize that we can never force another person to change. And that no one, no one, um, force us to change uh, regardless of the ploys or tactics or whatever used 
all we need to do is change ourselves by being more conscious of the needs of our partners, more aware of our own needs, and more um, open and willing to communicate, if that makes sense, to their needs, to their wants, to their whining, whatever else. And we are almost there, y'all. Just a few more notes and this will end. I know that I said that I did not want to make this long, but I'm really trying to rush through, but I'm also trying to explain thing, things because sometimes I, it helps to have things explained to you, to have them read to you, to hear other people's perspective of certain things. I do encourage you to go get this book if you are having um, sexual intimacy problems. Um, back to the book, it says, open and honest conversation, communication is essential. We must be willing to let our partner know when we are happy and when we need something more or something different. We need the same from our partner, making the relationship which um, work also entails taking in um, things that they say. You know, uh, the, the tough parts, like I said, uh, lowering your expectations, having boundaries, but be graceful enough not to push those brown boundaries in that person's face. Um, but it's called taking risks and being vulnerable, you know. Uh, a lot of times we don't do that and it's it, it can become a sticky situation for the wrong or right relationship. I'll just say it like that. So this is chapter two. Uh, thank you guys for tuning in. Thank you for learning with me. Please tune in to my other episodes where we may talk about some uncomfortable things like our next chapter where we will be talking about learning about yourself, which is female body parts. Um, like I said, thank you guys for tuning in. I encourage you to go back to watch, um, listen to any other episode that I have posted on here of where I talk about my ex uh, day before yesterday and uh, as well as the first chapter where we started the book I encourage you to take notes and learn and I hope this helps somebody I love you guys see you on my next episode bye